This is a Life School Podcast, episode number 127, and today we're going to talk about why you make so many bad decisions in your life. No, I'm not a writer. Okay. Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith in every area of life. This is the stuff your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby, here with your host, Cesar Kalinowski. Heath, you've not made a bad decision <laughs> to be here today. <laughs> not yet. No, not yet. And nor have our listeners. This is a cool, it's going to be a cool episode. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, what an intro, right? Why we make so many bad decisions. But um, yeah. Hey, before we get into it, I want to just give a shout out to a couple people that have been rocking Facebook. Oh man, please. Yeah. Oh, so our Facebook group is starting to get fun. Yeah, it's starting to get super cool. And there's there's two guys that have commented. Chris uh, Rochelle recently said that the last three podcasts on missional communities, episode 122, 123, and 124 were super helpful as he's a new church planner. So awesome. Chris, thanks for commenting. Glad Thank that was helpful for you. Yeah. And then Troy Miller is like the king of comments on our weekly posts. He's the winner. He is. <laughs> he, he puts more thought into those responses. I, know, I love it. So Troy and uh, Chris, thanks for... Tell everybody else how they can join that. Yeah. So all you got to do is go to Facebook and in the search bar type in Life School Podcast. We will pop up and then Caesar and I will approve you to the group and you get to stay part of the group until you start trolling <laughs> and then we'll, we'll kick you out. But until then, come join the discussion. Lots of fun over there. Great. So thanks for your comments. All right. Thanks for it. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. I, I love giving the shout outs and I love the encouragement that we're getting from Absolutely. everybody out there. Hey, today we're going to talk about something. Here's a brand new thing called decision fatigue. Okay. Maybe, maybe our listeners have heard of that term. Maybe not. I just want to ask, like, do you ever feel like if you have to answer one more question today or make another decision, your head's going to pop off? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot. I know like uh, when my kids were little and my mom even said to me like, honey, I hope someday when I was little, I remember her saying, hope someday you'll have a son just like you that just ask questions all day long. Yeah. <laughs> and then I did. Thanks ma. You know, <laughs> but <laughs> so, but some of that's tied to what's sort of uh, called decision fatigue actually. Yeah. So let's get into the history of that. Why don't you give us the definition uh, of decision fatigue, where it came from, that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I find this fascinating, okay, by the way. So this might seem like a, a weird topic for some of our listeners. Stick with me. It's going to be great, and you're going to see how it all ties in with our beliefs and yep. gospel. So um, so there's this author and science editor for the New York Times, John Tierney, and uh, he's written about this extensively, okay? And he's got a, I mean, it's not a, <laughs> it's a steep read, but it's called Willpower, Rediscovering the Greatest Human Strength. Okay. Okay. Um, and he, but here's, and I don't necessarily agree with everything in that book, but here's, let's check this out. He says, decision fatigue helps explain why ordinary, sensible people get angry at colleagues and families. They splurge on co clothes, they'll buy junk food at the supermarket, and they can't resist the dealer's offer to rust proof their new car. No matter how rational and high minded you try to be, you can't make decision after decision without paying a biological price. Wow. <laughs> So how would you, in hearing that, how would you say the different, what would be the difference between willpower and decision fatigue? Okay, good. Yeah, that's, that's a good way of asking it. Uh, well, it turns out that this notion of some of us having more willpower than others may not actually be quite accurate. And that's probably good news for the do to be. Yeah, you know, crowd out there like you will just try harder. You know, yep. gotta love you more. It's like, turn, <laughs> turns out, you know, we all have willpower. It's just that it's not unlimited. And after making many decisions in a day, our resolve weakens and it gets harder and harder to make wise decisions. We either begin to choose sort of a default mode 
and take the path of least resistance, right? I think that's where a lot of us go. Yeah. Or we'll just do nothing. Each successive decision that we're faced with receives less of our, quote, willpower and can begin to feel like an annoyance as we experience real emotional fatigue. Huh. You, I mean, you, ever, you, you, see, yeah, I you see ever feel happening. this way? Yeah, absolutely. Right? And so all of this has led me to pay closer attention to my own emotions and countenance and decisions as the day and my load of decision making kind of wears on. Sure. You know, am I am I less nice and harsher with coworkers or subordinates as it gets later in the day? Yep. And I'm you know, I've been required to make a ton of decisions, right? Yeah. You know, are my spouse and are my children receiving my most gracious, patient attention and decision making after I come home from work? Or do they at times feel like they're an add on to my day or a distraction? And just one more decision that I've got to weigh in on and give approval or blessing to, you know, we need to figure this out. I can remember, you know, too many times, just being honest, Heath, too many times where people said to me, man, you were, you were, you were a little curt there or that, you know, you were, I didn't feel the love on that answer, bro. Sure. And, and, and here's what it was. And I started, this is why I started digging into this. It's like, well, I think I, or I feel like I had to answer, you know, a thousand, I had to make a thousand decisions today. And so what you just experienced was getting one one thousandth of my time, tension, and affection. Yeah. Doesn't feel good, does it? Yep. <laughs> How do you expect that to feel? Yeah. Right. You know, exactly. But that's what decision fatigue is, is as the day wears on, we're not actually built or wired to just to be on and on and on and on and weighing good and bad and right and wrong sure. and evil for ourselves all day long and for others Yep. and for work and for kids. And think about a lot of our decisions that we have to make. In the back of our head, we're like, "Oh, but if I decide wrongly, how's it going to affect my, yeah, my, in you know, how people view me?" You know, it's it's all wrapped up in that, and that wears on us throughout the day. It really does. I remember uh, being at Fred Meyer the other day, just in the ice cream aisle, and looking at like 650 types of ice cream, and even that alone is just like, "Can you just give me one option?" Let so, me, let me ask you a question. Yeah, in your own life, what does decision fatigue look like? Like, w- like in hearing that definition and kind of explanation. What is it? How does it crop up for you? What does it look like? What's it smell like? <laughs> yeah, for me, a lot of times, um, you know, and I selfishly like will say, well, I'm a high capacity guy and I can, I can think better. And I tend to, try, you know, I try to give it excuses as to what I'm doing or the reason I'm doing it. Uh, for me, it's usually work stuff where it's like just meeting after meeting and trying to coordinate with new people. And then you get back and everything you've put your investment into, the directions change. So you need to re meet about stuff. And then you get home and, it's like, well, what do you want for dinner? What do you want? What do you want as a side? I don't and make the, any decisions. Yeah, and then kids are like, can we go on a walk? Can we go to get ice cream? Can we go here? Can we go here? And you're like, I, I'm tapped out. I just and so at the end of the night, I just you know collapse and I sit. See, in front it of, turns out it's a real thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for all of us. Yeah, we're not wired to just you know. So, but the problem is, is like I'm sure a lot of people listening is like, yeah, but I am required to make a ton of decisions throughout my day. Yeah. So then, how you know, how does my family get the better part of that like do i need to work late at night and just have the best part you know in the morning or like yeah so sometimes what i do is just my i mean practically i just sit in the car for a few minutes before i even drive home like a good 10 minutes and i just sit in quiet and go okay as i drive home i'm prepping to kind of clear my mind so that when i Mm. get home they're not just getting like i'm not hanging up the phone as i'm walking in the front door and moving to the next thing it's gotcha just quick detox so how would you say like what are some significant points in our life that we could point to as being uh you know, marks of knowing that we're suffering from de- decision fatigue? Well, 
Okay, so I'm going to go to someone smarter than me to answer part of this, okay? Um, okay. There's a writer and researcher on behavioral psychology. His name's James Clear. <laughs> it's a great name. Clear, yeah. Hey, James. And he says this. He says, decision fatigue happens every day in everybody's life, okay? okay. And if you have a particularly decision-heavy day at work, then you come home feeling drained, like what you were just saying, okay? Um, and you might want to go to the gym and work out, but your brain would rather default to the easier decision, which is to sit on the couch, that's decision fatigue. That's what's going on. You know, like I really need to get to the gym or I need to cut the grass tonight or whatever, you know, whatever it sure. is, right? Got to get up and get some dinner going. But because of decision fatigue, you just go, oh, now we could just, we could say, well, you need more willpower or like that's just being selfish. But he's saying, now that's decision fatigue kicking in. Huh. Um, same thing is true if you find it hard to muster up the willpower to work on your side business at night or to cook and eat healthier meals. And, and while decision fatigue is something that we all deal with, there are a few ways that you can actually organize your day and your life, sort of design things to sort of master a better use of your, quote, willpower. Huh. Yeah. And so I think this has a lot to do with why many of us find it hard to stick with our plans, you know, uh, in any area of life, but even even when it comes to like making disciples, uh, sure. you know, various missional endeavors, you know, we're planning to do all this cool stuff in our neighborhood and have all these people over, right? And we're going to start doing game nights and an open table and all. And so when people come home from work, decision fatigue like crazy, and they're like, eh, maybe next week. Yeah. And it's not because we don't love people. Yeah. It's yeah. not because we don't know, wow, that would be really extending generosity and grace out there. It's because we are tapped on our willpower. It's like it's used up. Sure. <laughs> you know? Do you think this is something that's specific to the way we operate here in America? Like I had mentioned last week, I just got back from China. I was in Colombia a couple weeks before that. And it doesn't seem to be as pressing. I mean, there's just kind of this more chill mindset and people are hanging out and, you know, at night times when they get home, if they go to work, they're just sitting around having drinks and long dinners and conversation. Is that something that we as Americans really need to pay more attention to than others? Yeah, well, I think from what I'm, you know, what I've experienced and travel quite a bit and also just from, you know, what I've been reading on this from some of the experts is that we all have it. It's huh. to different degrees. In other words, our, our capacity for the ability to make those decisions, quote, willpower in that moment, you know, to do continue to make right decisions, the best decisions and all. Sure. Um, it might, it might be different, but yeah, I think, I think in some cultures, their lives are just not packed with as many needs to make tons and tons of decisions. You know, yeah. I, I, I mean, here's a really weird, simple parallel. Okay. When Tina and I were living in Manhattan a couple years ago, um, we didn't own a car huh. and it was wonderful. Because think about all the decisions when it comes to maintaining a car and what kind of car and payments and repairs and insurance needs and like in the city where to park and yeah, you got to sure. move it and the guy Rich is coming so you got to move it to the other side of the street on Tuesdays and Thursdays and all this. That was all removed. And I remember when winter hit, and winter in New York is like winter. Yeah, know? sure. I remember thinking, this is, I love winter, but I, I used to always hate winter. Why? Well, I grew up in Chicago and all the decisions I had to make to get my car unstuck, get the sure. battery fired up and all, right? And so I, I just share that. It's kind of a weak analogy maybe, but it's to say that I think some cultures do have, just by the inherent nature of their pace and cultural types, they do have less decisions that need to get made every day. Sure. But they're still human, so they have probably similar capacities to us. Um, but... I don't think it's a new thing. I don't think it's a new thing. I huh. think that that we can, because of our do to be culture, I think we can tend to say yes to too many things. Sure. That then we feel good when people give them to us because look at they trust us. A little bit of stroke, a little bit of a you know yep. up, upgrade in our uh, status, 
And then now when it's on our plate, though, it starts to wear us down. That decision fatigue starts to kick in. And then our our more important relationships, family, life, mission, discipleship, they suffer. So Caesar, what are some ways that moms and dads and pastors, leaders, all of us can manage decision fatigue in our life and move towards making better decisions? Okay, good question. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do that again this week as part of the big three. Okay. Okay. Uh, these, I, I think these are the bomb on this particular topic yep. and they've really been helpful to me. So instead of saying them and then saying them again, yep. I'm just going to go ahead and make them the big three. Okay. So big three, like always are the free download that we offer that will help you get started right away with things we want you to know, believe, tangible stuff you can latch onto today. The three big things. The three big things. You Boom. can get those by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 127. Again, that's 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 127. So Caesar, the big three for this week, what are they? Okay, so here's three things I learned from, from that article I was telling you about from James Clear that will help you reduce decision fatigue on a daily or even on a lifestyle basis, okay? And th- these are going to sound simple and obvious, but if you apply them, they're big. So first one of the big three, plan out routine decisions the night before. Hmm. Okay. My father decided what he was going to wear the next day and laid it out the night before his entire adult life. He, I mean, before he went to bed, it was always right there. Wow. And I never realized how smart that was. Daily routines and normal stuff that we all have to do can be planned out and calendar in advance. And then there's no decision. It's kind of like, um, um, who's the guy from Apple? Um, Steve Jobs. Yeah, Steve Jobs. Duh. Steve Jobs wears the same thing every day he did, right? That's what people are on me about too. And like there's another daily, guy, yeah. there's another big, huge executive, wears the same thing every day. Why? He says, I don't want to put the emotional energy into those decisions. I've got bigger decisions to make. Yep. So even if it's one better decision, let me make it, right? Yeah, that was my dad. Um, more examples. What am I going to eat for breakfast or lunch? Will I run this chore before or after work? What if you just took a minute you know, a few minutes every night and kind of planned out the day. So you're not all that stress of decision-making. Should I go here for a second? You know, right. What bills do I have to pay each month? Could they be automated? What about automating all that stuff? Right. We get to nowadays. Um, All of this can save valuable willpower that then you can use for more important decisions throughout your day. That's a simple one, Yep. but I'll tell you, it'll reduce the stress. Absolutely. Right. And I've talked about before, I kind of have like my ideal day and it's a little bit of a map for my day. And when I stick to that, that reduces all kinds of time sort of management decisions for me. This is what I'm doing then. This is what I'm doing then. Great. And I'll tell you, you get to the end of the day and your heart's a little more open. You're a little able more to absorb that family decision making a little. That's so cool. Second thing, block your time and start to calendar important things, not just meetings and all. So if you've ever wondered why you have not had success with certain things that you hope to get done, that could be related to decision fatigue. So instead of hoping each day that you'll make the right decision, you know, get up early for the gym or write that book you've been going to work on or call your parents more often or whatever, make a commitment to the project and yourself by putting it in your calendar. And I don't, I haven't shared this a whole lot with people, but like, you know, people are close to me who see my calendar know every day at 930, it says PFT and I get a little reminder, PFT. Pray for Tina. Pray for Tina. And, and and why do I do that? Well, because, not because I couldn't think of it on my own, but some days I wouldn't. Sure. And I, it's so important to me, I want to be consistently praying for my wife. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? Wait a minute. I calendar all kinds of stuff every day, all week long. Tons of it. Yep. And, and most of them, guess what? They're not as important as praying for my wife. Yeah. So I thought my own commitment to her and even just for myself, PFT, you know? So it's in there. That's um, great. Um, so here's, here's some other stuff. Um, 
most of us place like a ton of important things in our calendars, right? But when it comes to personal things, we often dream more than we commit. So if we continue to lay back, hoping to make good and progressive decisions each day, then it's likely we're going to like succumb to our decision fatigue and our kind of waning and failing willpower again and again. So make that commitment and calendar that stuff. Then it's off, it's off your load. Yeah. Decision made. So cool. Okay. Third, do the most important things that you have to do earlier in the day. You know, what are the most important things you have to do tomorrow? Do you know what they are? Plan to do them first thing in the morning, if at all possible. Hmm. So, um, I usually wake up and I spend an hour or more answering emails right away, which is not the most important thing I have to do, Yeah. but I'm changing that. Like I said, I've started working out this, my ideal day. So who and or what needs your absolute best decision-making self? Give it to them first. That's so good. Right. Who or what needs your absolutely best decision-making self? Well, plan that then. Do those decisions then. You get yeah, to right off the right? bat. Yeah. So some of our well-worn patterns and all this, Heath, um, take time to change. You know. Sure. But like my answering emails, well, I'm not even out of bed. You know. <laughs> but a few <laughs> tweaks to your intention and the rhythms of our lives can help reduce decision fatigue in our lives, and they have a pretty powerful effect on our joy and our effectiveness and others' perceptions of us too. Yeah. And you know, one thing uh, Kathleen and I have just started working on that's been helpful is just this policy of like keeping your cell phone out of the bedroom. <laughs> so it's like, you know, at nighttime we just go to bed and I'm do, like you said, doing emails or responding to Facebook events or oh, I have to, resp- you know, I have to How text does that this tie guy. into decision fatigue? It's like when you go to bed at night, the last thing you want is not to lay in bed right before you fall asleep making 50 decisions on that's true. texting this guy and oh, I forgot to tell my boss. Not to mention, it probably cuts into the old romantic part yeah, of life. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, it's just been helpful for us. Just yeah, that's a big four. I'll tag yeah. that one on there. Yeah, and so so you know, point well made there. Uh, when you're kind of planning out your next day and some of the you know like sort of just basic decisions and routines and all, don't do it laying in bed with your spouse. You know, yeah. like before you know, turn the TV off, give yourself ten minutes, kind of look over your day, organize some of that, make some of those decisions. Boom, you start your next day. It's kind of mapped out. Yeah, it's great. Dude, time's up. I hope that was helpful for people. This is not a, a topic that I hear discussed a lot. Yeah. But as I get busier and busier in life, uh-huh. I wanted to be able to understand why towards the end of the day in certain people and certain situations, I wasn't as full of grace or making as good a decisions as I might because I was sort of just defaulting like, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Who needs that, right? So I hope I hope this will help. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, we'd like to thank everyone for joining us. Um, again, if you want the free download of this week's Big Three Takeaways, all you got to do is go to 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 127. Again, that's 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 127 to receive the notes for this week's Big Three. Uh, we hope to see you next week on the Life School podcast as we talk about happiness with one of my favorite people on the entire planet and my own personal mentor, David McDonald. Right. What a cool guy. Author, pastor. Can't wait. They actually say he's uh, he's been called the most innovative pastor in America for like four years in a row. So, yeah, he's wicked and he's, smart. And he's our friend. He's our friend. And, and we're going to talk dude. to him. Awesome. So we hope you join us for that. Um, again, the Facebook group, all you got to do, Jump search on for there, Life search School Podcast. And then if you're enjoying the content, iTunes is super helpful by subscribing, rating the show, and writing a short review for us. So that Thank would bless you. us a lot. Love you guys. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, you can always visit 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast.